audio that we were working last week decided to not show up today, so I'm going to try a different way um, to connect. And uh, but now is the time for our gospel reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter nine, verses thirty-five through thirty-eight. Hear these words: Jesus traveled among all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, announcing the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were troubled and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The size of the harvest is bigger than you can imagine, but there are few workers. Therefore, plead with the Lord of the harvest to send out workers for his harvest. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I always wanted to be a good gardener. Um, I had the desire for it, but um, I was okay with planting, with, with getting a sprout or getting a seed and putting it in, and the sprout would be like, oh, this is beautiful, it's going to be great. And then somehow, between growing about two inches and being a real plant, every time it dies, uh, somehow like a bug comes, a disease, it just falls apart. You get these beautiful tomatoes that are green, and they're just trying, they're just about to turn red. And then, like half of them is eaten off the next day, uh, and it just was kind of was kind of sad. It's kind of kind of frustrating of what what to do. And so I I turned into an herb gardener. I like I like gardening herbs because it's like I just I have it. It's there. It's ready. I'm a small herb plant, and it's ready to to harvest any time. It's it's easy in that kind of way. It's not it's not the kind of the challenge that there's there's a lot that goes into getting plants ready to prepare that gardeners and farmers work a long, a long time, they have lifetimes of experience, they oftentimes inherit it from, from their parents and grandparents, the different skills of what's a good soil, what are, what are different bugs, what's the time to harvest, all of these kinds of things. Now, back in July 3rd of 2016, I gave a sermon here in the sanctuary. Uh, the title of the sermon was Go, and it was about going and sharing, uh, sharing the gospel. Now, I think going is really important. I thought I was really clever. I had this sermon series that was all one-word verbs. And I was like, it was like, go, pray, seek, and all these kinds of things. Like, ha-ha, I'm going to be really clever. I'm really going to impress them with my cleverness. But, but I think going is really important. And that's a really aspect that God does not, God meets us where we are, but God does not tell us to stay in that same place. Like I said last week, God doesn't come up to anyone and say, you're doing really good. Just keep on doing everything you're doing. Like, there's always a way that God wants to transform us more into people of love and grow more into people of love. And when we are in a position where we feel like everything we're doing is all right, we are not ready to accept God. As well, when we are in a position where we think the center of the world is ourselves, we're not ready to accept God. The passage for this day is this ascending passage, but I want to focus instead, instead of the going on the harvest. What is the harvest? Like I said, I, I don't think I'm a great gardener, but I love I love harvesting. I love we had a peach tree that had nine peaches this year, and it was amazing. And I was able, you know, harvesting is not the hardest part. Like especially harvesting peaches, you just like you grab a peach. It's not like harvesting cotton or berries. You're not like bent over like I pick up Ephraim and he grabs a peach and then he eats it. And then, you know, in ancient times, like harvesting was was the festival time. It was a seasonal festival because after the harvest. You don't need to work for a little bit. Like, you're, you have a break. You don't have to go through the, the weeding and the watering and the caring and all of these labors 
that have to do with raising crops. You're like, we have the harvest. The harvest is in. Let's just have a party. Pentecost was originally a, a harvest festival, an early harvest festival, in that kind of way. It was a Jewish harvest festival, and then the Christians adopted it in that kind of way for the sending of the Holy Spirit. Harvesting is, is wonderful. It's like, it's like a party. <laughs> Harvesting in the early modern world was sometimes as well, though, a little, a little, a little tricky and different. Before there was the big plows and before there were uh, the um, tractors and things like that. And so a lot of places, people would have sickles, and so they would harvest wheat with sickles. And even when their technology was advanced, and so just imagine being a harvester with a sickle, and I'm going like this, and then someone comes along, and a good salesman is like, you, get, you got a sickle over there, a nice sickle, but I got a scythe. Have you seen this scythe? It's so much more efficient. And so if you guys buy, buy the scythe, and it is, it's much more efficient, but the thing about a scythe is you can't repair it. And you have to, you have to go buy the parts. It's like a lot of, they, they had the um, planned obsolescence back in the 1800s of, like car, oftentimes many cars do, that it's like, oh, you go 20 miles, and up, oh, you need that thing, and you need that thing. And it was, it was tricky, and so people liked the familiarity of the scythe. They liked having something they could take care of, and they could, they could use, and they understood. And I, and I, I want to remind us of that, that sometimes when we think about farming and industrial agriculture and that, there's so many tools and so many um, uh, machines that it's so much further beyond than what we can imagine. And then when God is talking about the harvest, God isn't talking about that everyone needs to drive a giant John Deere tractor. But, but, but what you are comfortable with going out with. And there's a reason for that, because if we don't go and harvest what God has prepared for us, it's not going to look pretty. Over this, over this break, over this quarantine, I guess break is the opposite of break, um, over this lack of any break ever <laughs> the past three months, uh, we've watched a lot of Pixar movies. One of the ones we've loved is the movie WALL-E. And in WALL-E is the story of this little robot. There's a lot of um, the music man going on in the background. And, um, and he just does, he cleans. He cleans up the earth. The earth has been basically decimated by buying too much stuff, by too many things. It's like the, the climate is horrible. Nothing is growing. But WALL-E is still doing his job. He's still going around. And eventually, we get to this point where the, a robot comes from outer space and discovers a plant that Wally had found, and then goes back to the big spaceship that all the humans had left Earth and had gone off into space and had been in space for 900 years doing nothing. And all they did was they had, they were lying back in recliners and drinking, like drinking their food and like watching TV or like watching social, social networks or just trying to imagine they were somebody else and just not interacting with anyone. And over time, their bones began to fall apart. They didn't know how to walk because they had never walked in their entire lives. As babies, they weren't taught to walk. They started being fed and started getting screened immediately. And I, I've been thinking about this, this uh, the movie, as I've been reading this passage from Matthew, is this is... This could also be a warning text of what the church will turn into if we don't go and take the harvest that God has prepared for us. With a lot of, a lot of things that happen, it's a lot of qualities of this, um, this spaceship. Is One is laziness. Um, another is entitlement. And these are, these are qualities that can happen in the church if we do not go forward with the harvest. We get entitled. We get lazy. We don't go out. We expect people to come to us. We expect people to be grateful 
Don't you know where you are? Oh my gosh, how can you act like that? Here of all places. We expect, we expect all of these things, and we can turn into that if we do not go and listen as the Lord of the harvest tells us that the harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. We would, we would flee. The church can turn into a group that flees, that looks around the world, and is like, ew, the world doesn't look like I want it to. It doesn't look like it used to, so I'm just going to go away. So I'm just going to separate myself even more from the harvest God has prepared for us. As well, the church could turn into a system where we just expect someone else to clean up the mess. It's like, I didn't do it, so therefore it's someone else's problem. And we interiorize in such a way to deny the very good news that Jesus offers for us, that we are not alone, that we are, that we are forgiven, that God has mercy for us, that you are not the worst of your mistakes, you are not the worst of your life. God has mercy for you, but not just for you, for the whole world. And even more than that, God wants you to be a part of the remaking of the world. What Wally did to kind of mess up the system was he just did a little bit every day. He just did a little bit. And that was so radical to these lazy robots and humans that it totally restructured their world. God doesn't want each of us to be um, messiahs for the world to, to transform it just by sheer will and charisma. God wants, to, wants us to harvest what God has prepared of the people in this world who are hurting, who need a little hope in this world. And there are people in this world who are hurting, my brothers and sisters. This time is hard. There are people who are tired, who are lonely, who don't know what to do. Nobody alive has ever experienced anything like this. And God does not want us to just stay inside our pods and forget about it. Now, that doesn't mean that you need to go and like break social distancing or break these kinds of things, but to care about the people in your life. And I think, you know, sharing the good news, the harvest that God offers, does not begin first with strangers, but the people already in our life. And sometimes it may be seem simpler to share good news with a stranger because you don't have that back history. You don't have to confront what's happened before. But the there are people each of you knows who is hurting right now. And the grace they need, the grace they need is not someone to thump them over the head with a Bible, but someone to offer them a cup of water because they are parched and thirsty. Someone to say, I've been thinking about you and wondering how you're doing. And no pressure Buddy, no pressure, but I am here for you. I am thinking about you. You are loved. Offering, that's, that's the kind of harvest that Jesus is talking about. The harvest is not to everybody be suddenly a trained uh, evangelist, but to care about those in our lives who are hurting in such a way that we know that God is already there, that we know that we are not alone in this. We are not being sent out it's not like you're a 14-year-old going to ask someone out on a date. Like You don't need to think about good news like that. You don't need to be nervous about God has done the work. God has done the work. That's the thing about what this metaphor that Jesus gets to. Most of the work of growing something takes place before the harvest. Most of the work takes place a long time before. The weeding, the keeping the, the, the pests away, the watering, all of these things takes place long before God has done that work. God has done that work, and now we are ready to reap what God 
has sown. God sends us, not just for our benefit, but for the benefit of of the world. There's There's a power in that. So when God sends us to the harvest, it is not just for us, but for others. God wants to include us in the transformation of this world. God wants to include us in what is going on, and that is wonderful. As well, we can't just be like, okay, it's harvest time, so I'm going to get to it eventually. Like, yeah, I know, I know, preacher, I know I should do something, I know I should make that phone call, but just, you know, I'm just tired. Because it makes me think about okra. When I was at a previous appointment, there was a, a gardener, there was a community garden that was actually taken care of by a gardener who knew what he was doing. And so he did all the work, and then I went and reaped the benefit. It was great. Um, and one of the things I loved was okra. I loved having okra growing up. I love fried okra and stewed okra. I think it's delicious. Um, and, but I'd never been around okra plants before. You know, they grow so big. And it was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Look at this okra. And, and I grabbed a few little ones, and that was good. And then I saw some big ones, some big mama okras that were dry. And I was like, oh my gosh, if the little ones are good, the big ones got to be delicious. But if you've ever had a large okra, um, it tastes kind of like the tip of a banana peel. Um, it's about as, as chewable as that. It's, it's inedible. And I thought, like, oh, this will be great. But it wasn't because I didn't, wasn't paying attention. I thought I could just wait until everything grew to its fullest. I thought I could just think about efficiencies of time and resources. And what if I wait until all the things are harvested? And then it will be perfect. Like, as well, the thing about a lot of industrial agriculture, the reason we can, those giant machines are able to harvest all the things is they kill all the plants ahead of time in order so all the corn dies until all the corn is ready to harvest at the same time. That's one of those things about the pesticides in a lot of, um, in a lot of uh, agriculture today, is that it's used not only to prevent pests, but also to kill the plants so that everything can be uniform. But that's not how the harvest of God works. God doesn't want to make everything uniform because we're not uniform. Each person is individually created in the image of God as a unique person. And you can't use the same thing for one person as for another. You can't love the neighbor on one side as you love the neighbor on the other side, as you love your mom, as you love your spouse, as you love your friend or your child. It's all unique. And it can seem overwhelming if you only hold on that you are alone in this. But you are not alone. God is with you. God has done the work ahead of time. The harvest is there. The harvest is ready for people in need of hope and transformation. But by the, by the time the harvest has come, as I said, the work has mostly been done. God has done the work and asks us to help. So what we do now is to pray for eyes to see what God is doing. Pray for eyes to see how God is acting in the world. Pray that God will reveal to us who we should reach out to, who can be on your heart. And this doesn't mean that you need to do something you're uncomfortable with. You don't need to use the scythe if someone tells you you need to use the scythe. You don't need to use a tractor. You can just use your hands, use what you're comfortable with. Share that you are thinking about someone, that you know that they are good, that you have forgiven them for something they've done to you. Maybe there's someone in your life that you haven't talked to in a while that you can take that step because you are not alone, because God has done the work. So my brothers and sisters, I hope that you go, as I asked you four years ago, to go, but go towards what God has already prepared, that God has offered you to be a part 
of the transformation of the world. In accepting it, you will accept the greatest grace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.